I think for sure. I think, you know, you realize through the sacrifices, you kind of realize like you're not normal. You're not just hanging out on weekends. You're not, you know, going to slumber parties. You're missing out on a lot. But then the sisterhood that you create with these other girls that are like-minded, that have the same goals and dreams and ambitions, um, they push you to become better and they challenge you. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here on You Think, presented by Audiorama and our friends at Body Armor. Uh, our fall Olsen youth sports extravaganza is completely underway. We have baseball scrimmages. We have football jamborees. We have the opening day, opening weekend of tackle football. My daughter's getting ready to start her soccer season. So we are absolutely crazy. We are everywhere. I don't think I've seen my wife um, in the evening time until 10 o'clock prior to 10 o'clock, probably in two weeks uh, between coaching them and shuttling them around school around from school to sports now has been um, quite the experience. So as I said on last week's show, I will be providing real time updates each week with how our uh, quest to play multiple sports in the same season plays out. Um, it so far has been a little bit of a grind We're we're making it work. We are figuring it out as we go. Fortunately, there's a lot of people in the same boat on, on all of our teams that we kind of share and carpool and work things out. Um, this past weekend, we had a really cool experience. Our tackle football team was asked to play at halftime of the Panthers bills preseason game on Friday night. Um, what, you know, just what a cool experience for these kids to take the field. Granted, it was only 10 plays, uh, five offense, five defense. So very quickly, but the fact that we were able to, the kids were able to take the field, run out of the tunnel, um, coaching there with my dad and Luke Keekley, And we're now on Panthers. <laughs> we're on the Panthers, uh, sidelines now coaching 11 year old football life has truly come full circle. So what a cool experience for the kids. The parents were thrilled. Uh, hopefully that's a moment that they will never forget. So that was a, um, that was a cool deal. And, uh, so again, well, We'll continue to have more updates as we go through our own personal youth sports journey. I'm sure all of you have your personal journey that you're going through this fall. So please share that with us, share the good, share the bad. Um, you know, maybe we can all learn from how each other navigate it. So that's uh that's a little update real quickly from the Olson house. I, I want to get into this week's episode. We, we have a really special episode this week. Um, today's guest is someone that I vividly remember her career. I remember watching her in the Olympics. I remember her winning a national championship at Arizona. I mean, she was a iconic sports figure when we were kids growing up in high school and middle school. Um, you know, she, she, the reality was she was a big deal. And today's guest is Jenny Finch. Um, Jenny played obviously for Arizona, the Arizona Wildcats in college, she won the 2001 world series. She was an all American regarded as one of the best pitchers in, in the history of women's softball. Um, she was also the, the, the pitcher of the United States team that won the gold medal in the 2004 Olympics, um, silver medal in 2008 time magazine described her as the most famous softball player in history. She now is raising two children. Um, she's coaching her daughter's softball team. Her husband who's a former major league pitcher in his own right. He's coaching their son's travel baseball team. So they are fully in it. She has Academy. She has camp. She has a world series softball event. I mean, she, Jenny is just, um, she is in it. She is in the softball scene. So we had a lot to, a lot to cover, a lot to talk about a lot and uh, a lot in common. So it was just, 
It was an awesome conversation. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Body Armor. Uh, Body Armor not only fuels this show, but fuels all of my sports teams here in Charlotte that I coach or that I work with. Um, You know, there's a lot of choices for sideline sports drinks. My favorite, my family's favorite, my kid's favorite is the orange Body Armor. Um, I know a lot of people like strawberry banana. I know a lot of people like some of the lights. Uh, we, we go, we really like the orange. It's, uh, it is always stocked very well in the Olsen house, uh, to and from games and in between. So thank you so much to body armor made with coconut water, B vitamins, no artificial sweeteners. For more information, you can go to drinkbodyarmor.com. So now on today's episode of you think, please welcome our next guest, Jenny Finch. We have Jenny Finch, who is widely regarded as potentially the greatest women's softball player of all time. I mean, her resume is just incredible. I remember watching her win gold medals um, with the U.S. women's national team. I remember watching her win the Women's College World Series at the University of Arizona. Um, Just somebody that I feel like I was like a high school kid watching in the summers play. And now to be able to, to have her on a guest here on You Think is super special. So Jenny Finch, thank you so much for joining us here and to share your perspective on uh on the youth sports experience which i know you have a lot of different perspectives on so thank you so much for joining us yeah thanks for having me this is going to be super fun so as we kind of start our conversations with most of our guests just just kind of take us back to the beginning you know your your first you know not just maybe a softball memory but your first youth sports experience is there one that sticks out is there a moment in time that you can look back on and say that's where my journey started. That's where my love of sports and love of competition kind of got its, uh, got its beginning. I think for me, it was, well, that first time of like playing my first t-ball game. And I remember it because my brothers played baseball. And so it was so cool to play something that was only for girls. It was very similar to baseball, but it was, it was unique. And so, um, and I was, I was, I I was, I am a big girl, right? Six foot one now, but like, I was always bigger than the boys. And so to walk out on the field and be like, yeah, I could throw a ball, you know, and like kind of embrace who I am and my body and my strengths and all of those things. And then, you know, competitive juices start going in and it's just so much fun. We grew up watching the Dodgers. So to be able to kind of like do what they were doing and start my own journey, like how cool it was to spend Saturdays at a ballpark, not watching my brothers, but now it was my turn to play. I have a, I have a daughter. Our viewers know I have two boys and a girl. My two boys play like travel baseball, which we're going to get into here in a minute is a, is a wild commitment for the entire family. And I try to encourage my young daughter. She's only nine. I'm like, can you imagine how good you'd be if all the time we spend at the fields with your brothers, but if you were doing it as well. So every once in a while she joins me, but I get that feeling. So here you are, you're, you're, you're a young girl. You're wa- not only now are you watching your brothers play, but now you have a chance to play it yourself. Are you playing amongst the boys? Like at what point did it separate where, you know, in T-ball, I remember when our kids were playing T-ball, the boys and girls were all kind of in together. And then what is that age where now you kind of ventured into quote unquote, you know, to women's you know youth sports and softball or whatever the sport was versus having to play alongside the boys back then you know luckily uh my t-ball was just girls and so it oh, was awesome girls only um california probably because they were you know some of the first the progressive you know yeah to be um girls only so i started out playing softball i know several of my teammates started out with little league baseball and then made the trans uh change over to um to baseball, but no, I started out, 
um, t-ball with the girls and then played all the way up. I, I started playing travel when I was 10 and I remember like we, I made the all-star team and then I got kind of recruited to go to this better league, um, a couple of cities over in Cyprus. And so I played there and then we kind of made like a travel ball team out of, out of the Cyprus league all-star team from there. And then it was just the crazy travel life. It's not as crazy as it is now, but, um, so pretty much from, I would say like 11 on, it was, you know, pretty intense, hardcore. Yeah. As I was saying, my, my boys are in that crazy now, you know, real time what's going on now in the travel ball scene with the boys, we experience it more so with our sons, but you know, even back then the travel ball scene for the boys was very different, but what was the travel ball scene like for the girls back when you're growing up, when you, you know, you say you moved to this, you're being recruited by another, you know, probably a little bit more competitive team outside of like a rec all-star or whatever the format we all grew up playing. Like what, what did that look like? And how does that compare to maybe what you see now? Like how, how is the, the softball, so quote unquote travel circuit today, how similar or different was it from what you experienced growing up? Well, there wasn't nearly as many teams. So I feel like, like nowadays travel almost is an extension of rec, right? Like when we played, there was only like so many travel teams in our area and you had to be good to make one. Like people, dads just weren't forming and making their own teams like there are now. So, um, and then there was like one big nationals and that was the elite nationals. And it was truly like the best team in the country where now there's, you know, 18,000 world series and national yeah, right. all over the of country. course um because everyone likes to win right so you just create more to create more winners and keep people happy um but and i feel like too the emphasis back then was more on practice so like there wasn't a million games on the weekends like we played double headers we played tournaments and we played you know we traveled um a lot of games but nothing like it is now where it's like every you know, time you play, it's a tournament and it's all weekend long. Um, so where we kind of emphasize like, man, we need to practice for four hours, you know, sometimes where nowadays it's like, we don't even practice. We just pick up and play game, right. you know, let's go play tournaments. Yeah. And some of the kids that play the tournaments don't even ever come to practice because oh, right. they live in other parts of it. That's a whole nother conversation yeah. for another day. When did you know that you were different? Like, when did you know that you had a pretty, a pretty good chance of being special of being, you know, the, the player, the athlete that you eventually all, you know, became to be like, was there a time growing up? Was it, you know, was it in middle school? Was it even younger? I know you were obviously very dominant in high school and beyond, but like growing up prior to that, like, when did you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm different than some of the other girls. Like what I'm able to do out here is pretty unique. Um, I would say probably like 12 and under, you know, we okay. competed, we won our first national tournament in Tennessee. And so yep. here we were like the best team in the country and I was pitching and, um, you kind of like start feeling the hype a little bit, you know, um, the eyes are on, on you, if you, you know, going through the winner's bracket and, you know, word kind of gets out of who throws hard and what hitters they have, what pitchers they have. And so kind of the hype, I would say started then. That's so cool. I, I, the the Car California cruisers. Do I have that right? Was that the name of your yeah. team that won it? Okay. I yeah. just want to make sure I, so, so give me an idea. What was the the makeup of that team? Were they all girls from, you know, from a, you know, relatively local where you grew up or were they from the entire, across the state? Like, you know, we're so used to, we're so accustomed now in the travel ball scene where a team could be called the North Carolina stars. 
but half the team could be from Florida, right? Like, so, right. so again, take us back to just compare the current landscape with what it was when you were coming up. Were those girls that you were going to school with, were those girls from, you know, surrounding neighborhoods or were they really spread out across the state? Um, I would say within probably like two to three hours, Okay, you know, um, probably mainly I would say an hour, you know, um, I didn't go to high school with, or any school with any of the girls. We were kind of mixed from all over. So I I feel like two is just, you know, a broader spectrum, more elite, like, and, and I feel like two as an athlete, it made me that much better because, you know, there wasn't just, you know, one or two great players. It was every single one of us was really good. And so we were making each other better, um, by competing against, um, each other every day. I want to dive a little deeper into that. You know, something we talk a lot about, um, around here with, with parents and former athletes and current athletes is, you know, what is that balance that parents and coaches can find where you continue to challenge your child, you continue to put them on more competitive teams and more competitive surroundings amongst like-minded individuals, like-minded families that want to approach it the same way that you do, but then also not taking it too far. So you talk about being surrounded by girls from all across, you know, from the surrounding areas, hours away. Like what did that experience at that competitive level, traveling to Tennessee, playing kids from all over the country, like looking back, how important was that to your eventual success, preparing you for high school, preparing you for college and beyond? Like, do you think that experience as a young girl, you know, you're 12 years old, you're in middle school, but you're really getting a good eye-opening experience of what talent looks like, what's out there. Do, do you think that had a big impact on, on obviously the, the success you were able to have following? I think for sure. I think, you know, you realize through the sacrifices, you kind of realize like you're not normal. You're not just hanging out on weekends. You're not, you know, going to slumber parties. You're missing out on a lot. But then the sisterhood that you create with these other girls that are like-minded, that have the same goals and dreams and ambitions. Um, they push you to become better and they challenge you. And I think too, back then, like our coaches were tough, like, and there was no just, Oh, bailing out on a team. Like you stuck it out for the season, you know, um, whether or not, you know, it was a good situation or not. Like we don't quit in the middle, we finish it out. And, um, so for sure, I think, you know, just so many life lessons that sport teaches you discipline, sacrifice, leadership, all of those things. Um, and then playing around just that elite circle training, practicing. Um, I remember <clears throat> there was like two coaches that did just basically defensive work, which was kind of unheard of, but I would go to that once a week. And so just all glove work. Um, and then I had, you know, an agi- a running coach. So we, we did agility, which was before all of these crazy training academies are all over, right? Like I was running with parachutes and doing stuff that like, you know, the normal, um, kid wasn't doing, but just trying to get the edge and push myself and, um, become better. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to realize like today, what you just described is very normal, right? I go through that with my kids, you know, they have a guy they go hit with, they have a guy they go do speed and agility with, or that we just go to the fields, you know, behind our house and practice. It's a, it's a full-time gig, right? You're not just practicing with your team in that two hour one, once or twice a week, you know, there's a lot going on in the midst, but back then when you were growing up, you know, not we're I think we're similar age, you know, back then in the nineties, early 2000s, like that was not the norm, right? You practiced with your team, you practiced with your school, and then you went home. So I think it's important for our listeners to get understanding just how far ahead of the curve your experience was 
giving what was going on around you at that time. Yeah, for sure. Um, you kind of knew you were different because you were doing things other people weren't. And now I just feel like it's in this whole mindset of like, is it enough? You know, and like the FOMO of, oh my gosh, am I doing all the right things? And oh, constantly trying to find that balance. And I feel like too, as a parent, just like constantly reflecting and, you know, talking to my husband, like, are we doing the right thing? Are we doing too much? Are we doing not enough? You know, and I think having been through it ourselves and just experienced the game at every level, I feel like we're probably on the more laxed, too laxed spectrum. But I think we both realize like, it's gotta be deep within. And like, we both had, our parents were, you know, critical in our careers and pushing us and, and, um, making us practice when we didn't want to. Um, but at the same time, like, man, like, I think we, we wanted it, you know? So you have to figure out, I don't know, it's why we're still navigating it. And every kid is so different. My oldest is like the most laid back, easygoing kid. And he's grown a ton. So trying to like, it's, it's a wild ride. I'll tell you this. And I don't know if we're doing it right. I don't know if we're screwing him up or not, but we're doing the best we can. And I just was like, Kids have grace. Like, you know, this is our first time parenting. Absolutely. We're going to make a lot of mistakes and we'll figure it out. And this world is crazy. It, and listen, everything you just said is my wife and I's conversations more nights a week than we wish to admit. And that was the entire inspiration for us to starting You Think, right? I found myself as someone who grew up, my dad was my high school coach. I grew up around sports. It's all I knew. Now I'm, I played, obviously made a career out of it. Now I'm a parent. And people ask me, you know, what do we do? And a lot of the times I didn't have the answer. Like I didn't, I didn't know the way I did it growing up, the way you did it growing up is not the way, whether you like it or not, it's not the system that's happening throughout the country today. And that was the inspiration behind, you know, doing this show and having conversations with, with people like yourself, because I didn't have the answers and so many families and so many people that, that I know both here and across the country they don't have the answers either. So to hear, so just know you are not alone in those. We're all in this in those, together. We're all in this together. I, I am a huge, and I'm not just saying this. I've said this on this show um, before. I am a huge women's softball fan. I, the summer watching the Women's College World Series is fascinating. I love it. I follow uh, it. I, I'm not going to admit, I don't, prior to the World Series, you know, when it's on TV and whatnot, that's when I really start following. And you know, the players, you know, the pitchers, you know, the Oklahoma, you know, Texas, you know, you know, all the teams, you learn the storylines and whatnot. Like I love it. So I do have a softball. I love, I'm, I am in, I am like their target audience, but let me ask you this. So I do have a quick softball question. Cause then I want to transition a little more into the coaching and the parenting component that you just alluded to. Everyone knows you as one of the all-time greatest pitchers in history at any level, the national level with the Olympic teams, collegiately, record-setting, everything. You are a big-time two-way player, though, and I just I want to make sure our fans know that, batted, you know, played. But I do have a pitching question. I am fascinated how you guys are able to pitch almost every single day. And it's a question that, like, when we're, you know, in the summer when you're watching and you're talking you know, you see the same girls taking the mound day in, day out. Like, can you please just give our listeners slash me like a easy way for us to understand like how you guys are able to do that with our boys. It's like pitch count innings. They throw too much. And here I watch you girls throw 500 innings. And I look at my son, I'm like, what could be in soft, you know what I mean? Like, tell me why you're able to do that. Cause I've always been fascinated by that. You know, I feel like it's like a trick question though, because I mean, back in the day, baseball players did it too. 
True. Right? Like they threw back. I mean, man, you think of all like the old school legends, like they wouldn't take days off. Like, no, you know, you just grind it out. You work your way through it. Um, but I think too, I think the craziness at the youth level has like made us, we have to have limitations because people are just insane, you know, um, and really like child abuse, you know, like (laughs) it's crazy that like people just can't be in their right mind. Like I'm always like going back to common sense, like, like, let's just, you know, use common sense here. It's not this complex. It's not this hard. Um, and everyone says, Oh, underhand, it's a natural motion, which it is like throwing a ball is not natural, right? Overhand or underhand. Like, and if you don't have like proper safe mechanics, which I'm sure, you know, you know all about this and, and you're helping promote this um, as well. But like, if you don't have the proper safe mechanics, like some pitchers shouldn't be throwing every day and some pitchers can't go, you know, but I think too, you're just, you're, you're kind of raised on pitching back-to-back games, um, you know, less recovery, just going. And, and for me too, it's like those off days, like I usually would get out and just kind of get that like lactic acid out and just throw, you know, 10, 20 minutes, just get the, you know, blood flowing. And then I would be that much better the following day after. So I think it's just the mindset of, shoot, I want the ball and you only get this, you know, how many opportunities. And for us, like college is everything. It, it, those four years, that's it pretty much, you know, there's 15 players that can go on and play on the USA team and there's professional, it's kind of been hit or miss. So really it's like, I mean, uh, my junior year, I had a stress fracture in my forearm, um, which I haven't really said or talked about very much. Um, but one of the pitchers this year had the same thing, um, actually for Oklahoma. And so I got to like talk with her and talk with, and she's like, I was like, I couldn't open doors. I couldn't, you know, put my hair in a ponytail. And she's like, Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I'm going through. You know? So I think like, it's there, you know, and there are injuries. You just don't hear about, you know, the big Tommy John, but although we're hearing more and more, um, Tommy John surgeries at a younger age. So I'm a huge advocate on like proper safe mechanics. Um, so I think obviously the safer mechanics, the more you can go, but I'm fascinated by, I, I, I have so much respect for what you guys were able to do. And, And again, my experience as a viewer is watching it on TV. And those are the last, you know, four weeks of the season and everybody's going all out. Right. Every time you put on, you're watching the same girl on the mound and she's battling. I mean, a couple of years ago with James Madison, um, they had that pitcher who like took the nation by storm. Like you fall uh, in yeah. love with yeah. yeah, you like fall in love with these girls. They're amazing. They compete. And, and I like we sit there, the boys, my daughter, my boys, and we watch. I'm like, watch these girls play. Like you tell me they don't you tell me what competing looks like. You tell me how much caring about your school. They're not doing this to go make millions of dollars. They're not doing this to improve their draft stock. They're doing this because since they were little girls, they've loved softball and this is their moment. Like, I just think everything about it is so cool. I, oh, I just, I really do. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. For the plug. I mean that. And that's that. I'm not just saying that because you're here. I've said that on, on, uh, on, on here before. Let me ask you something else. When, when you're describing this, this lifestyle, you know, growing up and you said, I'm not there, I'm different. I'm not going to, you know, slumber parties and, and all this. Were you playing other sports? Were you just like, at what age did you say, all right, I'm a softball player. I'm going to commit most of my time, most of my time. Like, where was that transition when you were, when you were young? So luckily I did, I played all four years of high school, um, basketball and volleyball. And even like I signed my letter of intent um, to go play and they tried to talk me out of playing volleyball and basketball my senior year. But I was like, I loved it too much. And for me, like I never, I've still, I played year round softball 
um, you know, so during volleyball and basketball season, like I didn't shut it down. I was still getting my workouts in, going to my team practices, um, and such, but it was such an outlet for me. I think just mentally, physically, all of the above. And I'm a big girl. So just like my coordination, all of those things. And it was so much fun to compete and not know, like, not that your livelihood's depending on this, but your college education, everything, you know? So it was just, I get to go out with my school friends and literally enjoy and have fun. Um, so I'm so thankful that I did play. And I always encourage like my daughter and her team, I coach her team and I'm all for like, no, play as many sports as you can. Like we'll work around it. We'll figure it out. Like if we want to be good, we, we can't, you know, let off, but at the same time, like you definitely need to be able to be diverse and play other things. I think that's so important. We, we, we try to get that perspective and it's, it's so funny how all the, the successful athletes, um, male, female, mm-hmm. former, current, all kind of had that shared message. I, I remember my senior year, I had already committed to go play in college and I played on the basketball team and I played track and like, to your point, the thing you hear the most frequently was it wasn't that you wanted to also be a college volleyball player or also a college basketball for one season. You could play a sport where it wasn't Jenny Finch is a softball player. She's the next biggest thing. We, you could just go out there and you could just play and you could just be one of like, you know, we used to say one of the guys, one of the girls, like, like it just felt different playing basketball for me in high school. Cause there was no expectation. There was no, wasn't expected to score 30 points a game. Like there is something mentally that gives these kids a little bit of a break when it's not just one sport full-time year round and the expectations are through the roof. So I think it's important to, for people to kind of hear that perspective over and over again. Yeah. And I it totally, and it brings you back to like what sports are about, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's fun. You're being active. You're forcing your body to do different things. And I think too, just the overdevelopment, um, especially with yeah. how much our kids are playing, like it helps tremendously with just their bodies and safety, longevity. I hear my, my 10 year old who just turned 11 played 10 U travel baseball this year. They played like 55 games and that was just, you know, from February, we put our first tournament in president's day weekend in February and they ended in Florida the week after 4th of July. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot again, a whole conversation for another, another day, but I do now want to jump in. You mentioned coaching your daughter's team. Like to me, this is the fun part of the conversation speaking with people like yourself. All right. So you're coaching your daughter's team for, for our fans that don't know your husband, Casey, also a former major league baseball player um, in his own right pitcher. So you guys have the pitching thing down. If, if any of your kids teams are not, if they are going outside of your household for pitching instructions, they are missing out, but just give us an idea. What is it like for you to coach your daughter's softball team? Like, what is that experience like for the other girls? What would the other parents say? What's your style? Like, I'm, I'm fascinated to hear what this experience is like for these young girls. Um, it's just, it's, it's fun. I, I, I love it. I have, it's like, I have 12 daughters. Um, some days it's super hard. There's a lot of days where I'm like, we're talking about tenue softball way too much. Like there's no way that (laughs) It consume us this much. Like, and it's like, stop, like, this is ridiculous how consuming it is. Um, but you're fully invested, right? You, you love these girls. You want to give them every opportunity they can. Um, and you're trying to figure out just the dynamics of, of parents and all of that. But I think, so most of our girls I've had for four years, which is crazy because my daughter's only nine. And so we started in six U, um, and they're just like our local girls that we've just poured into, um, and it's, it's, it's super fun, super fun. Um, I think 
people expect, you know, I, I don't know. I try to play both, both sides. Like, um, I'm the fun one at sometimes, and then I kind of bring the intensity as well. But those little stinkers, like they, they know, and they'll take advantage of you. And it's like, it's so gosh, I don't want to have to be this person, but I have to be this person because my job is to, you know, make you be the best that you can. And so, and, and I, I don't know, there's so much, it's, it's wild. And even just like figuring out what each player needs to be at their best. It's exhausting literally because you're trying to give and be, so much to these little ones and they're only like nine i'm like this is ridiculous i should be a college coach at this point you know like how much time it's I'm so in true oh my god it, it's way i think it's way harder that like <laughs> I, I i'm in the same boat my my kids are nine and ten eleven they're in that ten u nine u range it the word you said is per, it's exhausting it is. It, it's it's amazing i love it i look forward to the end of the day like when school is out and i'm like we got practice at five i'm like the guy who gets there at four and i'm raking and dragging the field like i love it but it's exhausting i find myself laying in bed on the computer and you're researching best tournaments and it, it's an exhausting experience you're dealing with parents and all that what how serious do you guys take it like are you you mentioned it's all girls you've had for four years that are that are kind of your friends and locally but like are you guys going out and seeking competition or are you still young enough that you're a little ways away from that? No, we're, um, we're doing well. We're doing really good. And, and I think like I'm most just stoked about the fact that like, like uh, everyone's like, you could have, you know, girls from all over, but it's like, we have the same girls and like, we're pouring into these same girls. Like we're not getting girls from out of state, other places, you know, like, we didn't even have a tryout this year for our team because everyone stayed and we're just, we're sticking to it. We're, we're going to, we're going to do it with these girls and we're going to find a way, which is unheard of nowadays. It's like, you know, got to drop two every year and bring in better players and, and all of that. But we're trying to just, um, stay the path and like, and, and I'm all for like, <clears throat> I like our parents want to go and I'm like, we're good. Like we're good. My, my goal is for them to want to put the uniform on, be excited to play. And most importantly, like want to play next year, you know? So I have to like talk them down a lot of times, like, okay, we're good. Like no one asks, you know, college coaches aren't asking who won to you right now. Like we're, we're no. fine. You know, like they're not going to be recruited tomorrow. We'll, we'll be good. It's so, so it's just true. Kind of like harnessing them down and not, you know, like we shut it down. Like the, I, I do a world series here, but literally like third week in June, we're done. So they at least have like, we start school this Monday. So, um, we're like, we need, they, they need summers, like they're nine and 10. Like, so I, we try to, we try to keep it balanced. Um, but yet we're still pretty competitive. We went to Oklahoma this year. We took the girls to the women's college world series. Oh, that's with, so cool. Like walking in with my daughter's team and they just think like 12,000 bands is normal, you know, like, the stadium so was cool. packed, like so, so cool. So that was just full circle moment for me to be able to bring them up there and for them to experience it. And I remember moments like that. My parents took me to go watch the Olympic team play and like that forever changed me. And that moment was like, man, it made me like dig a little deeper and grind a little harder. And so just kind of exposing them to, you know, the dream, the goal at the end and making it fun. Um, just trying to, you know, find the joy in it and keeping the joy in it. But it is a grind. It's it's a grind. It is a grind. You, you mentioned your parents and 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 you're experiencing it now, coaching your children. And, and I'm going to talk about the experience, the parallel experience your boys are having. I believe your boys, your sons also play travel baseball, correct? Yeah. All right. So I want to dive into that whole world because that's also a complete 
different story. But before we do, um, yeah, it's crazy. But before we do, I, I know your your dad was your first ever pitching coach. So so you kind of experience it now full circle, very similar to I did. My dad was my high school football coach. He coached all of my brothers, hard, demanding, old school football world, you know, that whole thing. And now here I am tonight, I'm going to run and go run a two and a half hour tackle football practice with my son's 11 U team. And my dad's out there with me and me. And, Aww, and it's like a full, full circle moment, right? Like how much different perspective do you now have for how special it was being coached by your dad when you were young, learning the game. And now you're on the other side of the coin doing it with your children. I just remember going through like my first or our first like tournament with our oldest son. And I was just called my parents like bawling. And I was like, I am so thankful. Like, I, I don't know how you guys both worked full-time jobs and like literally never complained once, never even like mentioned anything, like never complained and just did it every single, you know? And I just feel like, man, the time, like you get home and you're exhausted. Like the last thing you want to do is go play catch. So the last thing you want to go do is go hit with them. Um, but yet like he always did it and never once like complained about it. Just wild. So just, just a huge heart of gratitude. And I think too, just those moments that I didn't realize were so special, were so special. And just the time of being in the cage with him and, you know, him building a cage in our backyard and putting the lights up so we could, you know, pitch after he got home from work and, um, all of those sacrifices that they made just in awe, because it's not easy. Like Casey, Casey's always like, with our daughter, like we will pay you to go do something else. Like we, we can, we can do something else. Like because travel softball is just like nuts. Like other sports, you play one game or two games. Like we're literally at the field for 20 hours a weekend playing like, and so he's like, fingers crossed, like, like she's not going to continue playing softball, like trying to figure out something else. So we can at least have like a free weekend, you know, oh, I, it's wild. I know. But so, so are your sons not doing baseball in a similar capacity or are they? No, they are. They are. So my, okay. our oldest is a sophomore in high school. So so he's, right. he's in high school thing now, um, playing football and, uh, baseball. And then our middle son, which Casey coaches, um, he plays football, basketball and travel baseball. So he's been doing it since he was six as well too. So we've been in the grind where now it's like divide and conquer. So we're not even together where that's where I like Casey's like, can just one of us have weekend off? Like, cause if it's not them playing, she's playing. And usually we're in two different places, two different cities. That's a, who, all right. So compare and contrast your two styles. So you're coaching your daughter's team in case your husband's coaching your, your middle son, your younger son's team. Like, are you guys running it similar? Do you compare notes? Are you competitive? Like I won this tournament. You guys didn't, you made the silver bracket. Like, is there a little like coaching rivalry? Definitely some competition. Like <laughs> I'm always giving them heat. Like our girls team could beat you guys, you know, um, talking trash. And then Casey, we are totally opposite. So he, he tries to pretend like he's super, re, like he is super laid back. And it, it's so funny because like all of the coaches that coach with him, it's like this alter ego of coach Casey. There's Casey, then there's coach Casey. And like, it just flips the switch, you know, um, where I'm like more, more chill, like I'll love on you. I want to hug. I'm going to pump you up, you know, where he's more just kind of here. And then he'll let you know if, if he needs to let you know, you know, um, I know it's, it's even like pitching. I'm like, we like, do we don't want to lose with our best pitcher on the bench. Like that's the thing, single elimination on Sunday. Right. So there's this whole thing, like, do we wait it out? Do, and I'm like, no, like you figure it out once you get to the championship, but you don't go home 
like not in the championship and not using your best pitcher like that where he is like well if we can't beat him we can't beat him so you know it's like no like oh man I, i'm I with my, you i want to get there and then we'll figure it out i'm with so you we're, to- we're in i'm in when we get to bracket play i'm flipping my rotation on its head my best pitchers pitch in game one in bracket we win if we have to play five games in bracket play which we've had to do in some of these huge tournaments as you well know it's bananas you play nine games in four days it's crazy if we get to the championship and we're pitching our fifth best kid chances are they are too we're gonna have to just bang it around the field and win eight six you know what i mean like we'll figure it out but i'm i'm totally with you driving home from a game you lost in the quarterfinals and you had your best two pitchers still left it's like for what yeah, totally. Let's win and we'll figure I'm I'm with you. Part of me is like Casey just wants to get home. He, yeah, he's just over <laughs> it. You just want to exit this baseball field, you know, like he always says, the last I've never coached our kids and last place I want to be, you know, you know how many baseball games I've watched my whole life. And I just keep reminding him, like, we're gonna miss these days. Like these are the days we're gonna miss. I promise you that. That's what everybody says. Like we will, you know. And he 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 just has to kind of like grumble. It's, just, it's venting. Yeah. I I, I every, yeah. ask my wife is like, are you done? Cause it takes me like a good hour when I get home to get all of my frustrations out. And she's like, are you done? Can we move on to the rest of the, what we have left of the weekend? I'm like, I'll be done tomorrow I'm <laughs> for tomorrow. But he brought up a good point. And, and this is, I think really an, an interesting conversation for a lot of families is we've gravitated towards baseball for a few reasons, because I, I didn't play baseball. Like, so it was really fun for me personally to experience baseball through the boys because unlike Casey, I hadn't been to a thousand baseball games. I wasn't, I wasn't over it. Right. So to football practice to me is how he feels about baseball practice. Or I'm sure at times how you feel about going to another softball lesson. It's like, you've done it your whole life. But for me, I'm learning, I'm learning something new. I'm experiencing things at every level. So it was always interesting. But a question we get asked a lot is how do we, as parents, if we have a son or a daughter who doesn't want to do things that we have interest in, right? My, you know, your background's in basketball, but my child doesn't want it. Like, how do we as parents allow our kids to find their own path? And then on the flip side, the child wants to follow the exact same path as their parent. And then here we are all overbearing and well, you got to do it my way because I have a lot more experience doing it than you. So like, there's two interesting dynamics. You mentioned kind of both of them. Like, what would be your your answer to to that situation? Because we get asked it a lot by our fan, by our families that, that, you know, that follow us here. I know. I think, well, I think you have to expose them to a little bit of everything, right? Like, and just like their personality, everything is so different and unique. And so we always were like, we'll never like make you play anything. Like you try it. If you like it, you like, like, and I think we just like over advocate, like it, it's gotta be you, like, you've got to be driven. You have to want it. You have to enjoy it because we, we both know, like, you've been around people. Like if it's, if it's not deep within and if you don't absolutely love it, like it's not going to happen and there's no joy in it. And it's just not, it's not worth it. It's not worth our time, our energy. Um, so we kind of, we, we let them lead, you know, and, um, them kind of direct us, but it, it does get a little hairy, like just baseball and softball seasons long. And so it's like, wait a minute, like, how, how do we like, okay, yes, you committed. So we got to stay there, you know, but there's those weeks where they don't want to practice. But then I think, it's a learning opportunity for them. Right. And you have to just keep kind of it's hard. plugging away and figure it out for next season. But I think ultimately, like we know it's, and I, I'm sure so many teammates that have like loved the game, but then because of a parent, like 
didn't like the game or fell out of the game. And so we're just more like, man, you have to, you have to love it. And you direct us and we'll, we'll go from there. We'll give you everything we can. I mean, we have, we've kind of come up with a little saying here from just all of our conversations with different people. Like it's, it's kid led first and foremost, and then the parent, the parental support comes secondary, right? If, If it's the other way around and the kid's just along for the ride, whether it ends at 10, 12, 16, at some point, there's going to be a tipping point where it's just not going to be healthy. It's not going to work. You hear burnout, you hear, you know, whatever the phrase you want to categorize it. So again, successful people and they all, you guys, you all have the same message. And so I just think it's so important for our, for our viewers to kind of hear that, you know, just repeat it over and over again. Like here's people who've played the game at the highest level and this is how they're navigating because they understand being on the other side. It's not easy. It's not. And if, if I tell my kids all the time, practice is hard. It's supposed to be hard. Summer football practices are hard. It's hard if you love it. It's downright miserable. You won't go back if you don't love it. So save us all the ish, save us all the time, save us all the tears, all the fighting. If you don't like it, there's other things in the world besides sports. There's other things in the world besides softball or baseball or whatever it is. Like we'll find it because if you're going to do it and you're not going to enjoy it, we're all going to have to deal with that. And it's just not worth it. Yeah. No doubt. Especially nowadays, it's not like just, oh, a six week trial course, you know, like, like you said, it's a huge commitment for the entire family and sacrifice, you know, for sure. I hear you. So, so tell me, does, does your daughter pitch? Like, are are you, I'm sure she has to have some like indication, like, all right, mom, if I'm going to have somebody teach me how to pitch, mom's a pretty good place to start. Like, does she pitch? Does she love to pitch? Does she think mom knows what she's talking about? Mom doesn't know. My kids think I know nothing. I could go teach my kid to play football. They think, Oh dad, I, this guy told me, I'm like, okay, go ahead try it. So does your kid, does your daughter think mom, if I, mom, I want to pitch, will you teach me? Or she's like, mom, I want to pitch. Sally goes to, to an instructor across town. I want to try her out. She's not there yet, but it's, well, I'm trying to convince my dad to move down here. Cause he's like, dad, I need you. Like she oh, responds be- better to you. And it's grandpa. He makes it fun. Like he didn't make it fun when I did it, but he makes it fun with, with her now, you know, but with me, it's like, well, and this whole thing of like, she wants to pitch because that's, that's the fun position. You get the ball in your hand, you get to be involved, but then she doesn't want to practice. So we have this thing, like, I'm not putting you out there if you don't practice. So then she gets mad. Well, it's like, well, it's not gonna, I'm sorry. You know, there's other girls that are practicing during the week that I will put out there, but if you don't practice, you're not going to be out there. So kind of that little tough love and and same thing. Like if you're not going to initiate it and you're not going to like say, Hey, let's pitch because I want to pitch in the games on the weekends, then that's on you. You know, I, I have a rule my kids. I'm not asking you to go. Yeah. If you ask me, I will drop everything I'm doing and we'll go soccer, whatever it is. I'm not asking you to go to the fields. I'm not asking you if you did your arm care routine. I'm not asking you if you did your stretch. Ret- I'm, I'm not asking if you don't do it, the consequences over time are eventually going to rear their heads and you got to deal with it. It's, it's you. I, I already did all this. You yeah. already did all this, right? Like, so that's what I always tell them. I said, if you want me to help you, I'll do it, but I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to drag you to I the field to practice all the time. I had my career. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't need to do this. I, yeah. You tell me you want to be good. So does your daughter not want to practice pitching or does she want to practice other things, but then she wants to pitch in the game? Like I, I always find it interesting because I have my battles with each one of my three kids. They, they, some things they want to do and other things I don't need to do. And I'm like, well, you don't get to pick and choose like what you practice. You got to practice everything. 
Right. Did you find that same thing? Yeah, it's it's hard. And and I'm like, same thing, like, you know, these other girls on our team are like going to all these instructors. And I'm like, like, I'll take you. But like, if you don't practice at home, I'm not going to take you. Like, I'm not going to invest the money. You know, just it's easier. And and I always, that's <laughs> so bad. Like, like, I can't believe that they're paying for lessons. Like, I'll never pay, you know, whatever. Well, then it's like your kids. And then you realize like, oh my gosh, dad, like, you had to play that role my entire life. Like that absolutely sucks. <laughs> like that, like that tough love role, role is like the worst. Like I would much rather pay someone to go deal with it and not get the attitude that I get or not get the, you know, bummed out look. And, and my daughter's super fun. Like she, she's the best. So full of joy, like just loves life. And, and I feel like I just keep saying like, I don't want to ruin her. I don't want to ruin her. So it's so hard. I just kind of, and I know like if I push, then she's going to, like just be done. So it's this fine line of like, okay, if you fail, you fail. Like you're making, you're making your own bed. Like eventually you're going to get tired of last, last season. I think I was like, when you get tired of striking out, like you'll start practicing until then, like bring those tears somewhere else. Like it is what it is. You know, we are all living the exact same life. (laughs) I say this all the time. If you have a kid playing youth sports at any sort of competitive level with Everyone is dealing with the same conversations, the same pre bed night routine, lay in bed. And then the next day it's just groundhog's day and it starts all over again. Is your, is, is Casey, your husband, is he having similar, I know the boys are a little bit older, but are they, what, what are their personalities? Like you said, your kids are very different. Like what, what, what do they look like as far as practicing? I know they play other sports and stuff. Are they, are they more of like the out there and they want to work or do they think Casey doesn't know what he's talking about either? Yeah. My, my oldest one, he's just super laid back and everyone like, that's kind of how Casey was growing up too. Just really mellow, chill, like not going to get high, not going to get low. Like just there seems to be a baseball personality from what I've come to experience. Baseball guys have an unbelievable ability to just like be flatlined. Yeah. I I would say that, but then it's like, do you really love it? Like, so we're just kind of, he's, he's grown a ton. So he, he's like six, six, 16 oh my old, gosh. like size 15 shoe. And so I feel like he's Holy just moly. starting to like, feel like, okay, this is my body, you know, where I think it was just like a baby giraffe. Like, and I remember those nights, yeah. like, oh my God, I don't know if you remember, but like just growing pains and like, I would pitch and my timing would be so just off and my body would feel so funky, you know, like this is not yep. the same. Absolutely. Like, oh my gosh, those, those junior high years kind of growing through were, were tough. So I, I don't know, he, well, but he's kind of like, he's now doing tight end for varsity. Like it's starting to nice. That's what I'm talking about. Come into play. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then on baseball, he's just the first base hitter pitches a little bit, but just kind of just, well, I don't know. We're letting him lead again. Like, okay, now, now it's high school. So for sure, like it's on you, like you will do whatever we'll put in whatever, but you got to ask for it and want it. Um, my middle son, he's our, he's like the crazy competitive gamer. Like, don't tell me I can't do it. Uh, he thinks that he's 16 with our oldest and wants to compete and play with, with the bigger boys, you know? So he has it. And he has like this crazy motivation drive within him, like hates failure, um, kind of has a temper at times. Um, but like loves love, like literally like the night before games, it's, it's just the sweetest thing. Cause it just makes it all worth it because he just cannot like he cannot wait to put the over money. He can't wait to be with his teammates. He can't wait to just be a part of it, you know. So that's fun. And then Paisley's just like fun. Like 
she just loves everything. She, um, we just heard volleyball and now she's all into volleyball. And, um, so I don't know, we'll see. That's awesome. If it, I, it sounds these, it's so funny how similar all these conversations are with the different kids. And I have one son who like plays competitive and wants to try out for every showcase event and wants to go make every team and can understand why it doesn't always go perfect and like drives him crazy. He's a very similar to like me, I guess. My other son is just like loves everything. If he plays on the team, great, but he's more interested for the pizza party. He wants to hang out with the friends. And then my daughter is like fairy tale land. She's never had a bad day in her life. Uh. Everything's unicorns and rainbows and they are vast. So to hear you describe it, like just makes me laugh because it, it, I, it, I can relate to it so much. Um, before I let you go, um, Jenny, again, thank you so much for, for joining us here today. This has been super fun. Just hearing, you know, you share a lot of the same stories that so many people are going through, but their mom's not Jenny Finch. Um, you're involved with a lot of things now in, in your career. You do a lot of work with perfect game and major league baseball, and you host your own world series event, the Jenny Finch world series. But I know something that's super, um, you have your own Academy in New Jersey. Why New Jersey, by the way? So actually, um, I'm from New Jersey. Okay. That's why I'm asking. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Jack Cuss senior Jack Cuss played baseball. We actually shared the same agent for a while and he was, this was probably 12, 13 years ago, putting in like one of the first major AstroTurf um, surfaces, complexes, like never really had been done. Like I remember people being so hesitant about wanting to play on turf, but it's like, and it kind of softball was known as baseball too, like a West coast sport, right? Like they could play year round yeah. weather, all that. And so it was kind of like, how cool would this be to like kind of have my fingerprints in the Northeast and like provide this platform for girls to be able to play year round and have an academy and it doesn't matter where you're from like you know if you want it bad enough you have access and we're providing that and so yeah really cool we opened up diamond nation um baseball softball complex up in flemington yeah i'm I'll, yeah because I, when i saw that i was like interesting i was i was curious i wasn't sure of the connection but that makes sense and then and then lastly something that i know is really important to you you guys award it um in kind of the the youth circles the jenny finch empowerment award it's something you've done with major league baseball for years. I'd love to just get it. I just think it's so important and so valuable for, for people like yourself who can be such an inspiration to all these girls out there around the world who grew up to be you, right? They, they, they have, they study you pitching. They come to your clinics. They, they study your career. They now, these girls are now being coached by you. Like, I think it's so cool how connected you are with the youth, um, you know, scene. So just talk a little bit about how important that is specifically that award. And then just in general, just how important it is to not only coach your daughter and her friends, but just be this like icon in this world and, and growing the sport of, of women's softball. Um, like we've seen happen, you know, in, in large part because of careers and people like yourself. Yeah. Just so thankful for title nine and we're celebrating 50 years of it. You know, uh, the things that my daughter is experiencing is just a total dream. And that's, you know, like you always like, man, just following in my whole life, it was like, it just kept getting bigger and better and more opportunity. And so that's like what you continue to hope for. And here we are like living it, which is so exciting and so thankful that I still get to be a part of the game and invest in the youth. And um, I'm partnered with Arvin Hammer for the Jenny Finch Empowerment Award. And we've given away over $100,000 in scholarship money to these young girls. And it's it's more about their character than it is um, kind of their on-field um, talent, which I love most because often that gets overlooked. Right. So, um, with major league baseball, I'm an, I'm an ambassador for them. So we have these 
youth clinics and camps. Um, these kids come in from academies and get to learn from Olympians. And we um, pick one at every event and give them a $10,000 scholarship. And then they also uh, get to go to game four of the Major League Baseball World Series, which is pretty awesome as well. Um, so yeah, just what a dream to be able to invest and in just to like shine a light on the future of, of our world and of our sport. Yeah, it's so cool. And, and again, as a dad of a daughter, but just in general, to, we had Nancy Lieberman on for a Title IX episode this summer and just her talking. Oh, yeah, she was, I mean, man, she was amazing. She she was so cool to talk to. And, you know, for her to talk, she obviously talked a lot about Title IX and just her experiences and how they changed to where the experiences are now for young girls and, and through that kind of evolution. And, you know, sitting here as a dad of a young girl and knowing that just because right now she might not, you know, take athletics very seriously or do it, but she might, right. And the opportunities, if she ever chooses to are there for her because of so many people who have paved the way for it to get here, where our daughters don't have to worry about playing, you know, T-ball with the boys. If they want to do it with the girls, they can, like you described, like, I, I just think that's super, that's super cool for them. And, and again, just thank you for not only joining us here, but just thank you for being so open and honest and sharing your perspectives. I think people are going to get so much, you know, valuable information out of this conversation and, Again, I remember watching you. I remember being a high school kid watching those Olympics. I, I remember I remember it all. So to have you on the show, um, when they told me you were coming on, I was like, psyched. Um, so thank you so much. Good luck to your kids. I hope you win the comp coaching competition over Casey. Um, and uh, again, just thank you so much for being here on You Think. Uh, this was an absolute blast. Yeah, thank you. And again, huge fan. And um, I wish we had more answers. That's the thing, right? Like, I wish there was a playbook that we could go by as parents, but I feel like just, man, just the evolution is going so fast. So I'm just like holding on, trying to figure it out, but I guess that's parenting and all, but keep up the good work. It's, it's so, um, needed. And just these conversations, you know, need to be had just because I feel like, man, the joy and the fun, like of these young kids, like they don't have an opportunity just to go play and have fun. Like now it's, you're either going to do it and it's going to be your life or you're not, you know? So hopefully we can, just keep pushing sanity and um, being active and having fun and um, just always around a game. I'm just blessed that we get to still be involved and at a ball field. So cool. There's nothing better being at a ball field in the summer. It is, it is special. It is fun. So thank you so much, Jenny Finch. Thank you so much for being here and uh, good luck with the good luck with the season. Keep it going. Same to you guys. Hang <laughs> thank you so there. much. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Jenny Finch, uh, regarded as, you know, potentially the greatest softball player in history, for sure. The most famous for, for sure. The most popular, um, she kind of mainstreamed what we all expect now, those summer women's college world series that we all watch in the summer on ESPN. And, you know, Jenny really brought women's softball into the forefront. You know, she was a pioneer in that regard. She made it mainstream. She made it cool. She made it fun. And, uh, you know, not only that, but she was incredibly talented, um, you know, just to hear her journey, how she, you know, worked to achieve everything she had her upbringing with her dad, coaching her and now kind of coming full circle with her coaching her kids. I, I, there was a lot that I know I personally could relate to and, and kind of see in her journey, very similar to mine. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as we did, uh, whether you're raising a daughter in softball or not. I think there was a lot of lessons that came out of that conversation that we can all bring with us moving forward. Um, at this time, as usual, I'm going to bring in Tasha, my producer, who, as always, we hear from you guys um, on social. You guys submit emails. You guys submit questions. 
We appreciate that. We love it. And uh, this is becoming one of our favorite segments of every week's episode. So Tasha, what do you have for us today? Yeah, Greg, we have a couple questions for you. The first one is, how can rec leagues compete with elite travel teams? You know, that's a really good question. You know, it's something that we've tackled. You know, we went down to the Project Play Summit um, a few months back down in Washington, D.C., and, and we did a whole episode on this and, and just trying to understand where, how we can serve the rec experience but then also serve, you know, the quote unquote travel experience, which is for the kids who want to, the kids and the families who want to take a little more seriously. And, you know, what is the balance between those two? So it's very interesting. This is a very timely question because, um, you know, just recently, uh, the rec organization here in town that my kids grew up playing T-ball and, and machine pitch and all that until it got to kid pitch and they went to travel ball, um, you know, years back, we approached them and said, Hey, can we keep our kids? They were, you know, rising nine U's. Can we keep our kids in this organization and just allow us to play as a travel, you know, as a travel program, we'll wear your jerseys, we'll wear your name, we'll represent this organization, but our kids don't have to play in the weekday rec games and we can just play weekend tournaments and, and go on and, and try to play better competition and whatnot. And originally they said, no, you know, they didn't want to, they didn't want to go that model, which allowed you know, which caused us to kind of start our own organization and kind of go off and, and branch and do it on our own. And it's kind of now, um, come back to life where they, you know, they have some new leadership and some new perspective at that organization. And they've, they've reached out to me and some of the other guys that I run our travel team with and said, Hey, you know, we'd, we'd like to reconsider now and, and potentially rejoin forces and have you guys be our quote unquote travel extension of our rec program. And, and for kids that are good enough, who qual- who can make each team at each age group, you know, they would play, you know, within the confines of your organization, but you guys would be, you know, connected to our youth program and we can offer camps and we can o- offer, you know, coaching resources and whatnot. So I think what's happening is a lot of the rec organizations are seeing the best kids are leaving and as a result, it's watering down the, the rec, you know, experience. And what they're saying is, Hey, if we can't beat them, join them. How do we do both? How do we allow the competitive kids to go out and play weekend tournaments and travel and, and do what they're going to do with or without us? How do we get them to just do that within our umbrella? And I think it's a smart move by a lot of these rec teams. Keep these families involved, keep these kids playing for the program within the program. And now when you bring your five-year-old kid to T-ball, by the time they get to 11, 12 year old travel ball, they're still playing within the same organization. It looks a little different. It feels a little different, but they can now keep all of that all the way through high school under one umbrella. So I think it's a smart move. Um, we're seeing te- you know, we're seeing rec organizations throughout the entire country kind of navigate and go down that road. Cause the reality is the competitive families, the competitive kids are going to seek alternatives. And if you don't provide it, they're going to seek it elsewhere. So I give these, I give these uh, organizations a lot of credit. They're, they're adjusting They're kind of reinventing themselves according to the times and uh, we'll see how it all works out. That's good. The next question is what is the best way to teach your child confidence, but through sports? Well, I'll tell you, I, I would defer to, you know, both of our episodes and both of our conversations with, with Dr. Gervais. I think a lot of the conversations we had was, you know, how do we push, how do you push your child? How do you, you know, encourage your child to take chances? How do you encourage your child to maybe go far beyond their comfort zone? But then at the same point, when they do maybe suffer a setback or they do suffer a little, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to call it failure, but in essence, you know, struggle, 
how do we not burn their confidence? And, and you hear him say it. He says, because their success in the sport, they have to understand is not how you view them. It's not what they're being judged on. It's their, it's their willingness to push. It's their willingness to go outside their comfort zone, to challenge themselves and work through some struggles. That's the ultimate goal, right? That's the, that's the journey that we want all these kids to take. It's not what was your batting average. It was, all right, what, did, what was the process like for how you went about getting better? What was your process? What was your mental you know, approach? What, that's the journey. So I think it's a very delicate balance. You know, we're seeing kids put a lot of pressure on themselves to make different teams or to play certain positions or, you know, my team's not as good as that team. And I, it's, it's a very comp, complicated, it's a very competitive um, atmosphere right now. And I think if we're not careful and we, and these kids all start identifying themselves as just the success of their sports and their confidence as a result suffers, that's when you start seeing some of these negative effects that Dr. Gervais kind of touches on. So I think that's something as adults, we have to be very aware of, and we have to make sure that their identity of themselves is not directly tied to how good or how successful they are in any particular sport at any particular time. Yeah. Our final fan question is, how do I know when my son is ready for tackle football? Which you've experienced that with your family. Well, I'll tell you, I, it just happened in my family is right. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's like a, a sign. I don't know if there's a certain moment. I would say if your child, you know, wants to do it and they seem eager to do it, the only way you're going to find out is by doing it. And I'm sure there's cases where the kid thinks they want to do it and they go out there and it's not for them. That's okay. You know what I mean? It's not, football is not for everybody. And I say that to my, to my son now who's playing it. I ask him every night, you know, how are you enjoying it? Do you like it? It's hard. We put, you know, it's demanding. It's intense. If you don't like it, that's okay. Like we don't have to, any, no, I love it. I love it. And you know, it's hard. They're learning something they've never done before. You're learning 10 different skill sets simultaneously. It's a challenge. It's, it's not something uh, that comes easy. It's not something that is made for everyone. But I'll tell you what, if your kid wants to do it, let them do it. Let them try it. Make sure it's in a safe environment. Make sure it's with coaches who really understand how to teach the game. So that way the kids are getting more out of it than just the actual game itself. They're getting ready for middle school. They're getting ready for high school, right? There's a, there's a growth process involved in the teaching. To me, that's the name of the game at this age. Um, you know, everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to be the running back. Everyone wants to be the quarterback, but are you learning the game? Are you learning skills that you can carry forward with you in future years in future seasons? That to me is the journey. So find that for your kid, find that for your son. And when you do, I think their experience will be better off as a result. And that's it for all the fan questions today. Remember you could submit them at you think or at Greg Olson on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. Well, I appreciate you guys as always. Thank you for listening here. On You Think, thank you to Body Armor. Um, please continue, as Tasha said, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you guys get your pods. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks.